0: hey uh welcome to praise Dionysus praise him hi it is uh Jake Jake is here James is not here my current theory regarding that is that he's in a Balinese prison because of marijuana smuggling but I will verify that when I get more information and pass it on to you but fear not this will not just be an episode of just all me um Elizabeth Brennan is about to arrive and make her glorious return to the podcast and she's going to co-host this thing with me where we're going to talk about a bunch more shows in the Melbourne International comedy Festival of 2023 uh the show's that we're going to discuss are "Tight Mums, Loose Units" by Artie Vincent, Lisa Lee, Marilyn Leder, and Pradeepa Timmermans; "Adults Only Magic Show" by Showman Productions; and "One Woman Show" by Liz Kingsman. Thank you so much for being here, um, and yeah, yeah, talk to you again in like just a second. Hey Elizabeth Brennan!
1: Hello Jake!
0: Hi! How are you going?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm really concentrating on making eye contact with you right now and not good. talking to the microphone! No good, the
0: listeners can tell. Yeah. It's, good. it's yeah. good that we're connecting yeah. energetically.
1: Connecting. Uh, yes. Eyeballs are locked.
0: Yep. Mm. Yeah. Um, great. Oh you looked
1: away! I'm sorry! <laughs>
0: I get overwhelmed by these challenges.
1: Okay, I guess I'll just like make it natural. Make it natural. Keep wherever, it casual. Uh, wherever
0: it needs to. Yeah, yeah. Keep it funky. Keep it real. What will Lady and the Tramp look? No, that's not important. <laughs> I want to talk
1: about Lady and the Tramp. I immediately I very
0: qualified to have a discussion. Oh, maybe I've got the right expert for this conversation. Okay. Lady and the Tramp obviously famously eating spaghetti in the gutter than mm-hmm. they kiss because they find the mm-hmm. same noodle. Correct. But they are not looking at each other when pa- they suck on that noodle. Sorry, no-
1: piece of pasta. Just let's be specific. Oh, is it not Spaghetti. It's pasta, isn't it? It's like spaghetti, spaghetti pasta.
0: Are these all synonyms for each
1: oh other? Oh god, now I'm very confused. You said noodle.
0: <laughs> yeah, is spaghetti not constitute Is they are they not noodles?
1: I didn't think so. I What's thought a, a noodle? noodle? Was distinct.
0: <laughs> How is a noodle distinct? What's a noodle? I don't know.
1: I think that you have to have semolina in a piece of pasta. Semolina? Am I getting this? Oh my semolina. god! Semolina isn't but pasta just made of like it.
0: flour? Other egg?
1: I think there's something specific in pasta to make it pasta, as opposed to a noodle.
0: Oh, huh. But please okay. write
1: in, folks. Definitely write in. I,
0: so spaghetti is not made of noodles. Spaghetti isn't a puddle of noodles.
1: I don't think so. No, I think a noodle is different.
0: Okay, like an udon noodle.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be a different substance. Right, like, made of from a from the different a different okay progenitor.
0: So, what is an individual string of spaghetti? Is it a spaghetto? <laughs>
1: um. Uh, I I I cannot answer that one. I thought I was qualified to talk about this, <laughs> but it's <looks> like <laughs> there are not enough cartoon
0: dogs! Well, I guess it's fair enough you could be an expert in Lady in the Tramp and not the menu of it. <laughs> yes, but what was the question
1: about Lady in the Tramp? The
0: question is in the famous scene where they mm. accidentally stumble across the same spaghetto uh-huh. and end up touching each other's dog mouths to each yes, other. Yes, yes, they do that. Um, yes. I, I, why aren't they looking at each other when they slurp up the. The spaghetto. Uh, they're, look- they're both looking away, I suspect
1: they? it has to do with being a dog. <laughs> and maybe just having a sort of a short attention span. Oh, uh,
0: okay. So they're having a romantic dirt dinner <laughs> and then they're distracted due to their dogness. They are
1: distracted simultaneously or maybe they're both looking at the violinist who's playing for
0: them. Is that there might, a violinist playing for an... the dogs?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're being serenaded. Oh. Yeah.
0: But aren't they looking in different directions? Are there two violinists?
1: Actually maybe they're not oh god, now now I'm very muddled, but I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna try and recreate it with my own face right now. Okay. I think that they're kind of like looking out at the violinist oh, and okay. kind of moving like this way. Please film this so you can yeah. <laughs>
0: please <laughs> I'm so grateful that I'm here for this. Right. And then okay, so they're transfixed by the serenade, and then they okay. end up dog I, look, smooching. I'm,
1: that's that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm looking in.
0: Okay, good. I'm sorry for <laughs> to everyone really that I asked that question in the first place, but uh, yeah. So hi, I'm so hi. glad you're here. Yeah, me oh, too. God. I love it here. It's
1: yeah. very cozy.
0: <laughs> I'm so it's so nice to have you back. Um, so how's how's your last little while been? In terms of like, well, mm. obviously we'll give it a star rating in a second, but oh, yeah. it's obviously been longer than a week since the last time you were here, so how's...
1: It has been a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how has it been? I'm trying to remember when... Oh, that would have been almost a year. Is it almost a year? God, like, I guess year, it's not like impossible. Maybe nine months? Sure, sure. So yeah, it's had like a, a baby. like a baby's Yeah. Um, hush. <laughs> it's been very quiet in the corner of the room right now. Yeah. Um, Yes, no, how's it been? It's been uh pretty, pretty busy, pretty mm. full on. Mm. I kind of did that thing that I do sometimes that is not advisable, where you sort of jump from show to show to show to show. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm yeah. currently in a sort of a quiet ish period before i begin another show <laughs> but then i will be jumping from show to show to show again <laughs> what
0: pushes you to do that because, oh, yeah, oh i just because sebastiano went through a real phase of doing that too really
1: low self-esteem i can only assume it's something dark and horrible
0: oh, um it. because okay. it's
1: not yeah it's definitely not advisable i don't i don't think my body likes it my brain doesn't enjoy it <laughs> what part of
0: you does enjoy it
1: um I don't know. I, I think that I, I just have a, a little bit of a, an addiction to being active and to being involved and mm. sort of intellectually um, strained by something.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mean I don't enjoy the shows. I do enjoy the shows. It's yeah. just like... Um,
0: but irrespective of what the shows are.
1: I think, I think yeah, any, yeah, anyone... I, I, uh, I would never advise you to go from show to show to show to show. I uh-huh. don't think it's um, good for anybody
0: can i ask what sort of yeah what what sort of tax do you have to pay for that type of commitment Hmm.
1: uh yes what kind of tax i just i think exhaustion and maybe maybe an inability to give as much to one project as you'd like right Yeah. yeah for me anyway Yeah, yeah, (laughs) this has become therapy. (laughs) Um, I'm a bit concerned how it's going to go over the next couple of months in terms of the shows that I'm sort of uh, committed to and excited about all of them in unique ways. But Mm. yeah, it would be nice to have a bit of a a softness between them, a sort of a massaging from one show into quiet time into one show.
0: Yeah, yeah. That does sound like Blizz, Mm. sure, but none of that for you. No, (laughs) No, no.
1: A red-hot poker to the forehead <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> oh, golly. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I'm glad you get a little rest now.
1: I do, I do, yes. And it's, it has been nice uh, over the last couple of weeks. Sort of like, yeah, yeah, it's been a good post-Shakespeare warm-down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we'll be starting The Crucible in a few weeks. We? The cru-
0: who's doing The Crucible.
1: The Australian Shakespeare Company is doing the Crucible.
0: Okay. Mm. God. Has yes. it been a while since they last did a non-Shakespeare show?
1: It has been, yeah. The last one they did was Pygmalion. Uh,
0: Were you in that one? How long I, ago was that? I
1: was in that <laughs> one. How <laughs> long ago was that? 2018, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. a distant past. Sure. Yeah. So, they're doing The Crucible. Do you know are you, who are you going to be in it? I, I do.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I... John.
0: Are you John? <laughs> Please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am not John. Uh, nor am I Willard. <laughs> I am, in fact, Elizabeth Proctor.
0: Oh, oh. Is that a, How yeah. do you feel?
1: How do I feel? Well, it's been somewhat confronting. <laughs> uh, you know, I was kind of like, ooh, Abigail. Ooh, mm. maybe, maybe Mary Warren. Who knows? Um, but no, we've definitely crossed into the Elizabeth Proctor <laughs> phase <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I also played Ned Kelly's mother In a short film recently So it's really like We're hitting the Dench dench days
0: (laughs) Well it's your time We all knew it was Coming soon Didn't we That's insanity. <laughs>
1: um yeah, it's a fun time. But no, it'll be great. Very. Mm. I I've, I've never done The Crucible before. Uh don't haven't really had much to do with it up until recently. So it'll be interesting.
0: In the sense that it's never meant anything to you before? That that level of distance where okay, it's like Okay, so
1: The Crucible meant the play that I tell I told people I'd read and hadn't read. Oh, it's, well, it's one of those. It's that one?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah.
1: For and a you've really like, long time. Did
0: you patchwork an opinion about The Crucible? <laughs> So that you could engage in a conversation about it through like, yes? It is my name! (laughs) (laughs) You've never seen The Crucible?
1: Oh yeah, I have now. Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, now I've seen two different versions. Okay,
0: filmed versions. Filmed versions. Okay, cool. Cool. And how do you feel about it now? And a
1: live one that I just remembered about. I saw one at the VCA a long time ago.
0: Okay, great. Was that good?
1: 2018, round about the Pygmalion time.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Was it good? Yeah because that's the one where it's like I really like that quote that someone said about it where it was like it's it's a play that will bear witness to like the the time that comes after it like it's that type of like timeless and thematically timeless pieces that it's like it shall bear witness to the things that come after it
1: yeah well I think because it was my first uh exposure to the crucible I think that I was maybe somewhat distracted because it was the stylistic uh staging the staging of it was quite um unusual i assume for the crucible at that time who knows maybe everybody did it that way but there's a whole bunch of like honey honey like substance dripping from the ceiling the whole show. oh god yeah. okay so it was kind of like it almost like um like sap from a tree a bit more gooey and sticky
0: uh-huh.
1: um and it was just there would be like globules falling down sometimes and sometimes just little little tiny strands kind of trickling down yeah um, yeah, I very clearly remember Abigail Williams walking through it as if she was like Kate and Leo on the bow of the Titanic. <laughs> like, like arms out, chin up. Oh, yeah. And it could just kind of flowing. Oh, over. that
0: quintessential, like crazy woman walking into the rain. Part. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> Uh
1: And then occasionally, characters when they weren't. Um, they weren't acting, or they weren't like they weren't involved in the immediate story. Would kind of crawl to the side of the stage, and there'd be like a little puddle of that same goo that they would then uh, sort of scoop their hands up and smear smear themselves in this in the sap, sticky honey. sap of of I, I don't know uh-huh. <laughs> a, a suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. McCarthyism! Yeah, of course! <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so when I think about it, that's what I think about rather than what was actually going on on stage, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds Definitely really well, distracting to
1: one me. idea in my head at once.
0: <laughs> Ooh, gooey! Ooh! <laughs> Ooh she, she might be a witch!
1: Smeary McCarthyism! <laughs> Smear that on your force! Um.
0: <laughs> that does sound beautiful, but yeah, I can see how that, that yeah, that would that would certainly mm. distract me for sure. Yes, but I've heard about uh, like a number of like these sorts of design choices where it's like a set that's slowly falling apart or something's Mm. melting or I just, yeah, I, 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 It was also
1: heavily edited as well. So it was like, it was like, it went for like an hour 10 or something. Nice. Yeah. So I don't know that I got the true experience until I, um, yeah, watched a, a version online.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, sure. <laughs> the
1: best way to experience theatre.
0: I think so too. I like the screen. I like the distance. I like to be able to pause. I like seeing <laughs> the real audience that I'm deeply envious of. I just feel like that really enhances it for me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gosh. Where was I? How did this happen? How did I start talking about this?
0: About the Crucible, because yeah. you've been cast in it. Oh,
1: that's right, yes. Yeah, so yes,
0: yeah, and funny. because you're also like a 55 year old woman, and so that's... all your roles will reflect that for the well, rest of time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, and then Animal Farm is happening. Bloober doing Animal Farm. Finals. Right.
0: Um, God, do you have... Just because it really interests me and it's so perplexing to me. Mm. Do you have any, like, beginning... Maybe they're not even beginning thoughts. Thoughts about... You have been so recently cast as a number of people much older than you.
1: Mm.
0: What are the beginning thoughts of that... I don't know, that, that collection of moments theatrically for an actor like you? <laughs> if you want to talk about it, that's just... I, I don't know. Yeah,
1: the beginning is strange
0: because obviously you're, you're so young, yeah. but suddenly you're being handed these roles well, meant for know. women I, older yeah, than well, you. Well, this
1: is the thing. I'm, I don't. I don't know. I've, according to the the research, uh, Elizabeth Proctor is meant to be like in her thirties. Okay, it's just that um, people aged a lot more harshly back then. Right, because right. you
0: should have like three kids by now. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. measure. I mean, I've okay. got the
1: one that I had in the last y-
0: Yes, your months. secret podcast baby, <laughs> because of, of course that's pr- the Praise Dionysus policy of no pregnant women in the studio.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gave birth this morning. <laughs> had to get it out! <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um. I don't know. I mean, I think that kind of, it's really... Uh, sort of bound up with the whole idea of aging as an actor and I don't know i I wouldn't speak on behalf of the uh, that process for a, a man <laughs> I know there's often a lot spoken of, about as having a sort of this sort of like a maturing process that is occurs when you're a, a, a male actor that um, leads you to a place where you're somewhat hotter and somewhat mm-hmm. uh, More interesting uh, and it's not necessarily something that we talk about or have been sort of encouraged to talk about in terms of women actors aging Mm. Um, but I would like it to be the case because I I do think that you are bringing a lot more to something as you amass life experience on your face Mm. (laughs) in your eyebrows yeah, but it's frightening. I mean, because you, you, it, it's it's a strange and uncomfortable process to all of a sudden have a shift happen where people are seeing you in a different way mm. and placing you in a different category. Like, and it's maybe just more uh, clear to see that when you are in the process of kind of being judged on your looks pretty consistently mm. uh, as a commodity to be cast. It, yeah. it, just, it feels like that, that shift happens quite suddenly and um, you don't really have any control over it, Right. I don't think. Yeah.
0: God, yeah, yeah, that does, God, that's interesting and crap, but also... It's a
1: bit crap, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also I, there's nothing I can do about it, really. just have to embrace the process. How do you feel about ageing? Are you comfortable with the idea of getting older um, and, and it being something that people can see about
0: you? <laughs> uh, with parts of it, sure. Um... Yeah, yeah, I'd say so in terms of, yeah. First, I just want to say that it's, yeah, the, the things you just said were so interesting and I think one of the things that sort of left out that was immediately very interesting for me to think about for, like, the few seconds I've had a chance to do so is, mm. like, it's uh, there's something too like, having known you for as long as I have, I suppose, as well, there's that thing that we have both experienced and it's marvellous to have been close enough to you to watch you do this but, like, to... To you know, gradually kind of grasp yourself as a person and as a performer and to kind of work out how to be yourself in life and on stage and Mm. having a relationship between those two versions of yourself. But to then kind of like have reminders like this one, like the one of being cast as people you didn't think you were ready to play just by virtue of not feeling like alike enough to them, I suppose, for Mm. a reason like age. To then sort of like feel like you're maybe getting a bit of a grasp of who you are and then to suddenly be told, oh, you aren't that person anymore. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, <laughs> like yeah. I was just getting used to being who I was pretty sure I was and now I'm not them anymore? What am I going to do now? Yeah. And that is not, not to project my sort of imagined anxieties onto know. you. But, but that's... That,
1: that is how it feels. Yeah. Right. It's, it's strange. But I guess that's just life, isn't it? I mean, maybe, maybe the idea that you will be static forever is just
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the yeah. end of history delusion. Like um. I'm always going to be the person I am, right? Now and think the things I do right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is a shame, really. It would solve a lot of things if yeah, you could just be like, just, just like, the same yeah, you just pour
0: <laughs> some concrete in and just be like, no, this'll do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah. No, but in terms of my relationship with aging, like, it's kind of fine. Like, um yeah, I, I certainly don't have any, like, vanity to be clinging to. Like, I think it's just more like, funny and resentable the fact that i'm even visible in the first place like my god to just be like a just like a like a ghost to just be like a fog that'd be so (laughs) relaxing to me like having to be visible to people i hate it like i just feel so burdensome like i wish no one had to bother seeing me (laughs) heaven so so yeah so that side of things like no i think in terms of like the vain side of aging it's more to do with like i i would never want it to be difficult for a person to look at me because I would hate to make them uncomfortable wow yeah (laughs) so does that I suppose but yeah I like
1: to be invisible too really which is a stupid thing for an actor to say but I (laughs) maybe it's just backlash from doing that right
0: backlash is an interesting idea Mm. but maybe it's also I don't know maybe part of your intrigue in terms of like the acting experience like maybe in a way you do become invisible Mm. and you become the people that you'd much rather have be visible like these characters you get to inhabit or saying the things that you like to say Mm.
1: this podcast confronts me <laughs> this ghost that is Jake confronts me oh, oh what a fantasy
0: oh god I, <laughs> I went to King Hamlet as well yes. our brains are so damaged
1: um, yeah yeah so there's that mm. <laughs> that's happening
0: yeah
1: um, but also, I played a 17 year old today in a me medical simulation, so.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> Who fucking knows?
0: Wait, so, explain <laughs> to. Because a few of my pals have done this, and it always sounds so rattling to me um. and very impressive <clears throat> in terms of like an acting exercise, especially because it doesn't seem like one that you get applauded for, and there's no part where you get to bow. It seems like it's really turning which your acting they talent I did
1: applaud, which did was honestly a little uncomfortable for me, because I was like, this don't, don't, don't treat like. Don't treat like this is a performance. What the be? fuck? Wait,
0: so explain. <laughs> What this job was?
1: Oh, okay. So, so I went, <laughs> I went in, and they said, "Okay, hi, you're going to be playing Stephanie today." Where were you, Where did you go? Oh God, I don't know if I can say. Oh, but I'm, it's like a what type of place like was, was it? like a university type place. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 For students who are studying uh, mental health type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and I had like a list of of characteristics or sort of historical incidents that have happened to me, uh. And uh, a few like. Uh, suggested lines or lines of of questioning and uh, yeah then we kind of just improvised it so they would two two students would come up and they would talk to me as if I were this character I would open the door uh, (laughs) as if I was that character Uh, and then we would yeah they would try and sort of counsel me as best they can (laughs) right okay Mm.
0: and how did that go for you
1: Oh, I cried so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and have you gone in being like, I'm probably going to cry. I can't wait to show these people how good I am at crying. Not at all.
1: I was just going in, I hope they don't laugh at me. <laughs> uh, Ned Kelly's mother pretending to be 17-year-old.
0: <laughs> the range on this lady. I know. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, yeah. No, no, I just, just didn't expect to be quite as emotionally affected by it as because, you know, they, they are... There are, the students come in and they're saying things like, you know, it's okay to be lonely and, and everybody has difficult times and sometimes they, they encounter things in their lives that, that, you know, maybe they need help. Do you need help, Stephanie? Oh. (laughs) It's, it's, it's quite uh, affecting.
0: Right. Mm. God. Have you done that type of like long form, like immersive improv before? Do you have much of a history of doing that?
1: Not in this way, not okay. not in, not for something so dramatic. I think mm. I've I've done long form, uh, devising sessions that have gone down dark and terrifyingly twisted paths. But yeah, <laughs> nothing like that. Right. Mm. And certainly not in front of a crowd.
0: How much of a crowd was mm. there? Was it just the two people, or there was also like onlooking students? All the
1: students watch every every pair have a go.
0: I had no idea that was the case. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. And yeah. then when do they clap you?
1: They, at the end of, of the scene, when they call, <laughs> they call, <laughs> and are they clapping an alarm goes on. I don't know. Maybe they're clapping their castmates for having having de- been so brave as to do this in front of the rest of the class. Sure. Um, but, yeah, clapping did happen. I was a bit I was a bit thrown by it. Oh. Huh. Mm. <laughs> well done.
0: That's really impressive. Hey,
1: thank you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah,
0: good stuff. Well, so how out of five stars? How would you rate your your recent experiences with all the things you just touched upon?
1: Oh God, um, out of out of seventeen, uh, <laughs> every year of Stephanie's life. <laughs> oh sweet Stephanie,
0: I hope she gets the help she needs.
1: <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, ten, which is a, a little more than fifty percent. Okay. <laughs> uh, Actually, let's raise that. Let's give it twelve. Twelve stars. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's not a it's not a field that I normally have much to do with, mm-hmm. other than as a broken person talking to a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. So yeah, twelve. Twelve stars.
0: Great. Okay. Cool. Wow, that's such a fascinating collection of things to have gone through. God. Let's. I'll balance that out with some you know shallow trivial nonsense mm-hmm. I in the, in the last week or so. Um, one thing that happened was I saw, I didn't realize they did this. They adapted, I guess, yeah, they, they filmified the musical 13, that Jason Robert Brown musical. Did you know this happened? No. Wait,
1: 13? Not the film 13. The one not directed the one with, by the Twilight Woman. Not Evan
0: Rachel Wood, like, slapping a friend in the face okay, and getting that, a piercing. that's
1: the only thing <laughs> that I'm, I'm comfortable discussing.
0: <laughs> we can talk about that if you want. No bra, no panties. We can have a whole conversation. Um, who played, like, the gothy girl in that? Was oh that a God. famous person?
1: Nikki Reed. Nikki, Nikki Reed. Reed. I don't know how I have that information in my head. No, but well done. But Nikki Reed.
0: Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Memorably impressive performances.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was good.
0: Yeah. But no, so this is was originally like a Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. He he's the guy, obviously, that did the last five years. Yes, and then wrote this. I think two or three years after that. And the cast, like Ariana Grande was, I believe, in like the original Broadway cast, if I'm not like remembering incorrectly, which is a double negative of a sentence. But yeah, but it's about the experience of like at the center of it is like a young Jewish boy about to have a bar mitzvah, and his parents have also recently separated. And it's just great. It's really great. They managed to get like and like pretty much the whole cast, apart from like a few adults, are all like, it's just a bunch of like 13 year olds singing about like 13 year old issues. And it was somehow so much fun. It was really lovely and a bit upsetting. Deborah uh, Messing was in it. What? Playing <laughs> the divorced mother with a really great haircut. It was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't think I'd like it so much. And they managed to, like, rustle up to so many not unbearable children. Wow. I'm not the sort of person to have any patience for on-screen children. Wait, where did you see this? It's <laughs> on Netflix. It's on Netflix? Yes, it's just sitting there. No one talked about it. No one promoted it. But it was just there one day. And I was like, Surely not. And then Deborah was on my a screen. A film
1: musical. A musical filmed.
0: It's like, well, like a movie musical. A like movie musical. Like what to I was a, trying yeah, to yeah. say. That. Yes, yes. No, it wasn't a, a film, the Crucible I like think experience. That
1: I like I have my finger on the movie musical pulse. I would like
0: to think so as well.
1: Which I don't, because mm. I don't often see them. But I always kind of have some vague hope that... Somehow it's going to be Singing in the Rain.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to see, like, a new Singing in the Rain.
1: No, no, no. Like, I don't want to see a new Singing in the Rain. But the feeling that I got from seeing Singing in the Rain. I, uh-huh. I want every musical, every movie musical to be that for me. Right. Yeah. Have, what,
0: what's the last time something felt like that?
1: Oh, God. Singing in the Rain, Jake? Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are the the, the, the... the Please describe the indescribable <laughs> things that make Singing in the Rain what it is. Have like, Have you, you seen want to...
1: Singing in the Rain? I've...
0: S- mm-hmm. mm, no, because we had that tentative plan once for you to come over and we, we would did? watch it together. Yes. And then every time I think about watching it, I think, no, I can't betray Elizabeth like that.
1: <laughs> oh, we got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. same night that we watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, fuck
0: yes. <laughs> oh, my God. They love those women. They did kidnap <laughs> them, but they do love them. Oh. <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah, no, but what yeah, is it about sorry, singing okay, in so the
1: rain? Oh, oh, um, what is it about singing in the rain?
0: That you want to, like, every time you click it on a I think it might be the
1: pinnacle of cinema.
0: Yeah?
1: <laughs> I do. There is some... Uh, overwhelming joy that is just kind of crops up in my chest every time I watch see you in the rain I think right. I think Gene Kelly is like the most attractive man and the known Gene universe Gene Kelly is
0: so handsome isn't he the hottest oh my god it's so good at dancing oh, <laughs>
1: just the, those legs
0: those <laughs> legs and the, I'm like, i like I went through such a Gene Kelly phase I watched I feel like everything he was ever in and he choreographed so much of it he did. I can't
1: Oh, you've got to see him singing in the room. We've got to uh, do it. We've got to do it. Reckon, There's this yeah. moment when he smiles at Debbie Reynolds and
0: he's just watching her dance. Oh, my God. I
1: just don't think I've seen anything like that on a, on a face.
0: No, <laughs> no, I agree. I completely understand what you mean. And somehow it feels so contemporary. And I don't even know what that means. But as an emotion, as a thing depicted, it oh. feels too now. But it's like, I don't know if I guess love is timeless. But <laughs> it's, I agree. Yes. Yeah. God, but no. I I can't wait to hear what movie makes you feel that way. 13, 13. yes, no. But yeah, no, I love Judaism. I love, like, the size of emotions inside of a young person. I think that's so beautiful. And musicalizing that makes so much sense. And yeah, it was just, like, sweet and cool and... (laughs) the characters were interesting enough and the children all had the right type of charisma and it was just like it's just really great to see like because you know there are like kids in my life that I've encountered where I'm like you're great you're fantastic like I've taught young children and I'm like as we both have oh, like yeah. you know you see those kids where it's like you're terrific yes it's like the, um, the kids that trick you into thinking oh parenting could be fun yes. but it's like no and then you realise <laughs> nope. one in every 700 of these are like worth having around but it's like they scooped them all together and made them be in a musical together yeah
1: oh fantastic yeah it
0: was okay, a good time I'll
1: put that on my
0: list yeah I reckon you should yeah mm. I just I don't know Jewishness I'm just so about it Oh, am <laughs> I,
1: I am also extremely about Jewishness. <laughs> what does that mean for you? Fiddler on the roof, baby! Oh, yes! <laughs> um. No, I no. I, I don't know whether it's okay for me. I guess because my, my grandmother was a very Catholic woman, mm. uh, and she um, spent a lot of time trying to make sure that I was also going to be a Catholic woman as uh-huh. I <laughs> matured. Um, and I think, maybe I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but the way that she, like, I was fascinated by the Old Testament... Yes, yeah, yeah, (laughs) child, and it kind of hit me at the same time as the film Fiddler on the Roof hit me, Uh, and I was like, "Can I? Can I just be Jewish? Mm. There's something so beautiful about this, these traditions and this religion." And I know it's complex, and I'm not like there's a there's a lot of stuff there. Mm. Um, I have Jewish friends who've certainly spoken about a lot of baggage to do with their experience of Judaism. Mm. Um, But yeah, God. There's, God, but there's just, so- yeah. something about it that I find fascinating.
0: Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah, God, it does seem so beautiful. and Like, full of tradition and mm. such a complicated history. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the things that they've preserved for so long. Like, it just seems like it's so full of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Anyway... Um, yeah, so I'm gonna very creatively give my week thirteen stars, Beautiful. one for each Beautiful. year of that young Jewish boy's life. <laughs> okay, um, where would you get that? <laughs> where,
1: where'd I what? The idea. Where did that come and from? I can't tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my deep subconscious and my cleverness. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about some comedy festival shows?
1: Yes, let's let's do that. All right.
0: Oh hi! Ooh. Oh God!
1: I saw a show called Tight Mums, Loose Units.
0: Great, great. Yes,
1: yes. Why did I see this show?
0: You tell me. I don't
1: know. Well, I'll tell you. Oh. <laughs> you asked me to. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, I'm not really like a. Like a sitcom Not sitcom I'm not a stand up Person necessarily I mean I'm a stand up gal, <laughs> But am I a stand up Girl You know Oh in terms of like Seeing stand up <laughs> Yeah Yeah I do I see a bit During the comedy festival But it's not my favourite Mode of, of 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 making myself laugh You know okay, It's not sure. my go to thing Because
0: you don't Tend to find ones That make you giggle Um
1: yeah I think there's something About uh the, the fact that I Know joke after joke After joke after joke Is coming Okay That I'm I'm always kind of like Yep. Okay. I know there's a joke. Yep. Another joke. Okay. Yep. Oh, that was funny. Okay. <laughs> um, which I don't love. Sure. I I, I wish you don't love I that about pre- yourself. Yeah. Sure. I wish I could appreciate stand up a little bit more. But yeah. There, again, there are there are the occasional exceptions to this rule that I do have a great time with. Mm-hmm. I just tend to be a bit more interested in the kind of the the, the theatricalized stand up where they they kind of go off on tangents that are a bit a bit more. Um, Dramatic, I suppose you'd say.
0: Okay, so you're saying you're more of like an alternative comic, like, or you're more like, like, like a a character, character, here? A character, oh, character car-
1: sketchy kind of vibe. Oh, you know? character
0: sketchy. Okay. Yeah. What well, was this? Was Tight Mum's Lucy Unit sketchy?
1: No, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty sort of straight stand up, other than a couple of songs that they did.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah.
1: But um, yes, I arrived at the theatre at yeah. the uh the Club Voltaire. Yes. Yeah, and so sort of crept in, and and the old Phil from the front got asked of me, so yes. um, I I did that. I'll be. I'll do that. I'll go in the front row and just hope they don't talk to me.
0: Okay, Um, that's good of
1: you. Yeah, it's good, but I I tend to regret it, Jake. I definitely regret it at this time. Oh god! (laughs) I did get spoken to. Spoiler. (laughs) um but no but i sat down and i I ended up sitting down next to this guy whose name we actually never exchanged names but we had a nice chat Mm. um and he was wearing a beautiful brocade jacket a beautiful blue kind of shiny thing that we were sort of chatting about his smoking jacket and he was telling me about the fact that he knew two people in the show Mm -hmm. uh and also that he just left his career in um national security or maybe it, it might have been private security That's oh one of those two things they are quite different
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they do both have security in the name yes.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean look i didn't write notes I'm really sort of just raw dogging my memory here <laughs> it's like the yeah so some kind of security job he just left it to become a stand-up uh, oh incredible to sort of commit his time and his life to being a stand-up comedian cool which is just sort of exciting to hear him talk about how much joy that he got from it and how that was really his his happy place and that he was at the point in his life where he just wanted to to do what makes him happy. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, it was really sweet. A lovely pre-show conversation. I had my tea and what, he was also teasing me for having brought a thermos of tea with me to the comedy festival show. <laughs> Apparently, that's not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> the rake. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, what was really fun about that sort of part where everyone was filing in to the theater is that you could sort of occasionally see some of the the uh titular tight mums kind of peeking through the curtains occasionally and oh. just kind of like giving a little like wave or a little gesturing to someone in the audience like oh sit there sit there <laughs> which uh i kind of loved and i wonder <laughs> if it shouldn't be every show <laughs> <laughs> There's something so cute about it.
0: Yeah, what about the idea of the people in a show yeah. being excited that their pals are going to see it yeah, happen? Yeah, but
1: also like kind of sneaking little heads through, <laughs> like little muskrats and <laughs> little, little hands and like waving. Oh, yeah. that sounds beautiful. It was just very charming. I, I don't know, I enjoyed it. And maybe because of the proximity of the stage, it, it just had a real community feeling to it, which actually continued throughout the whole show, the yeah. whole environment. It was very casual and um, fun And, yeah, when you sort of file out onto the stage and they sing this opening number about being tight mums and loose units.
0: So what's a tight mum?
1: (laughs) A tight mum. Um, One who's very fiscally responsible. Is that what it is? No, no, no. no. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, couldn't tell you. But I I have to assume that it has to do with being, like, um, you know, like tight of body. Oh, like fit. Yeah, like fit.
0: Like Julie Bowen. Like, <laughs> is that an example of a tight <laughs> like maybe person? Maybe
1: all like kind of sexy. You're like kind oh, cool. of like tight in themselves. Their mm-hmm. bodies are tight, but like maybe tight because they're, they're, they're comfortable and embodied.
0: Great. Like, yeah? That's, is that what the my, that's
1: my reading of tight tight mums. <laughs> great.
0: No fair. You saw the show. That sounds great to me.
1: <laughs> um, and loose units being kind of just the, the, the wild passions that these mums feel. Great. Like for themselves, for each other. For their children, for their lives, for their comedy.
0: Oh great. So much passion. <laughs>
1: so much passion. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sing this cute little song about being Thai mums, loose units. Um mm-hmm. yeah, and then it's sort of uh structurally pretty pretty straightforward. They all have a turn at doing some stand up.
0: Is it like how many of them is there?
1: There's four of them.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah.
1: So we sort of start off with um, the, third, the the lady who's kind of more of the M C like well, you know, she is she also does a section of stand-up. She she sort of she introduces people as they come up, mm. and her name is Pradipa Tinnemanns. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was just a lovely, lovely fun time, very uh welcoming. Kind of had this sort of wild curly hair, <laughs> um, and had a had a sort a really like I don't care, but I'm happy energy about her. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. She's talking about uh. How progressive her parents were, <laughs> which essentially just meant that they walked around naked all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, fun lady um, sort of made a lot of jokes about uh, wearing glasses and, and mistaking her children for other people's children <laughs> and, and vice versa. Um, yeah, yeah. And she had a like, was very cheekily talking about her husband in the audience and how much she liked to do some bondage stuff. Oh, great. Uh, but mainly because it was just good to not have to do any washing up.
0: <laughs> How you, is that connected to well, bondage? because you can't
1: wash up when you have your hands tied behind your back chair. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So I think you're sort of getting the vague tone here. Yeah.
0: Um, into this tone.
1: The tone, cool. the tone. It, it was, it's, it's sweet. Mm. Um, and it was really very much like she was in on the joke. You know, she sort of was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going to be this mum and I'm going to talk about uh, house things and children things and husband things. Um, but, you know, that's not all of who I am was the, was the vibe that I got from her. There's a lot going on and I'm, I'm not the perfect ho- homemaker or the perfect housewife. I'm just me who's a, a little bit nuts, a little bit crazy. Hmm. Yeah, so she was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then we had the the second uh, type mum who was, (laughs) uh, her name was Marilyn Letter.
0: Oh, I love Marilyn Letter.
1: Marilyn Letter. You know Marilyn Letter? I know
0: Marilyn Letter because I saw her show The Milf Next Door. Oh! And I loved it. It was so great. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, it was her doing like a one-woman show. And it was a lot about like her, like reclaiming her sexuality after a divorce.
1: Well, this is very much what what her little spot was about. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, She was dressed kind of sparkly, like a little Christmas decoration. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And had a real sort of snappy energy about her. Uh, she sang uh, a Lily Allen cover, great. which was, was great, just about wanting her kids to accept her as a as a sexual entity, <laughs> uh, that she wanted to have fun and enjoy herself, uh, and that, you know, maybe someday she would decide that she was just a lump of wood, never to be stared at, but not today. <laughs> not today, Lily Allen. <laughs> she also dropped a mention to the classic cinema in Elstonwick, which I just was really happy about I've never heard the classic ever come up in conversation <laughs> or in fact in a comedy show so does
0: that hold a special place in your heart that cinema it
1: does weirdly okay. yeah yeah I've just been on a few dates there and it always it's always a it feels like a special cinema of the many cinemas in Melbourne that are special the classic cinema is bizarrely important to me
0: oh yeah so good to see it represented yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God. Okay, so what happened next? What do we have next, Jake? Who was the next person? Lisa Lee had a different sort of style. She was a lot more laid back, uh, and she was very good at letting the joke sit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and and kind of letting us come to the joke ourselves, Mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. She was kind of like, yeah, she had a sort of a slithery, kind of sexy snake vibe about her, mm-hmm. but also quite sort of inviting and and sweet. And yeah, no, she was lovely. Really, um, I really, I, I think this particular comedy festival, I've been appreciating people who are just very relaxed in their bodies on stage, because I feel like that's something that I struggle with sometimes. I get a bit tense and sort of frenetic. But seeing someone who's just really, really letting their muscles kind of, slither around (laughs) yeah I just really yeah I really enjoyed that yeah and then we had the final type mom Artie Vincent who is a lovely Indian lady and she was talking about several different things but kind of finding herself and being now considered to be a person of color which she'd sort of never really thought about before recently until this term became more something she was accustomed to hearing and Mm. and what that meant for her and and yeah, that was really interesting, uh, and that was probably she was probably the closest to the kind of stand up that I enjoy, where it's a little bit more character, charactery. She did a couple of casual impressions, and um, yeah, she presented different different people in her life, um, very very beautifully. Mm. And the it's hard to describe the atmosphere in the room, but it it just it sort of felt like. We were all their children somehow.
0: Oh my god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, like we'd kind of we're all we all we were all there to, to 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 clap mum in her new career.
0: <laughs> sure, okay. And did that have something to do like a, a big connection to the thing you were saying of like the community energy that it had at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Kind of it was just through?
1: very very fluid and and soft like that. We. There, there was, uh, you know, zero fourth wall, <laughs> mm-hmm. as there often is with stand up, but it just seemed to be a little bit more like we were all doing it together somehow.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they had a such an open attitude and uh, very generous. And,
0: God, that's nice. Yeah. God, I was thinking about that type of vibe. Uh, like a couple of nights ago, I was seeing a show that we're not talking about today, but I saw a show and like something that came to my mind while I was watching it was the idea of like, There's just like so many people that exist and I often just come back to this thing of like I feel like we're only meant to be living in communities of like 150 people, you know? And the, the idea of, like, what would theatre be like in those sorts of communities and the idea of, like, sitting down and just, like, watching someone or a group of people tell a story to a bunch of people they know quite well yeah. in a community where no one's necessarily trying to impress anybody or, like, you know, necessarily even, like, wow them that hard but mm. then just, like, be like, we all care about each other and this collection of people in this group of people that care about each other happen to, be, like, be telling a story at the moment mm. and the, the, I don't know, <laughs> the wonderful notion of getting to perform in a space like that, whether or not it's just a, you know, a universe that exists in my mind or one that you could cultivate in this type of fashion that these tight mums did. Yeah. It just sounds really attractive to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed myself, despite not being a stand-up person necessarily. Yeah.
0: Sure, sure, well, that's... Oh, and oh, so,
1: but they did, yes, yeah, so... So you got spoken to. I did get sp- <laughs> spoken to. Uh, Lisa Lee was talking about dating uh, in different ethnic groups. Yep. Uh, and she was uh, talking about having uh, dated... Um, a fair few uh, people of color, mm-hmm. and uh, I suppose specifically black men. Mm. And she, her, yes, yes, just wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, her joke was essentially along the lines of, uh, and of course, uh, there are big, <laughs> and then she pointed the microphone at me as if I was going to answer, uh, you know. So, like, what would you do if someone said, oh, and of course, this type of man has a big, What would come out of your mouth?
0: I I would freeze and then ruin it. I would certainly say something to the effect of like I don't want to participate. Yeah, no, 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 as a, it's, and it's been, it's, this isn't the theory I have, it's been, been proven time and time again that I buckle under the weight of having to like, co- especially comically participate in someone's bit like that. Yeah. I just freeze up, and I my, I think part of it is the anxiety of not wanting to ruin their show, and part of it too is like, especially when cornered into like that type of corner where it's like, say dicks. Yes! It's like, I'm not going you're gonna, to, you're not going to make me say dicks, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: No, and I, <laughs> I also refuse to say dicks, the, the other thing that came to my mind was egos.
0: Oh. <laughs> Which
1: is, like, you know, not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not not racial.
1: Yes. Um,
0: um, yeah. So well, you said again, egos.
1: I said egos. And, A- do- and afterwards was like, oh, Jesus. I was just trying to avoid saying dicks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you get a laugh, though, Elizabeth? <laughs> that's what's important.
1: Uh, I got a laugh, but I didn't feel great about it.
0: <laughs> you were just there to drink could your have tea. I said
1: anything. Yeah. I could have said big boats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just claimed to have a real misunderstanding of yes. things. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard.
1: <laughs> yeah, horrendous. So maybe we shan't be sitting in the front row ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's like, and I, I totally get the thing of like, i get the thing of like not wanting to leave that weird moat of fear between the stage and the audience Mm. but i think it's fair enough that like enough people have been like traumatized out of being willing to be in the front row like when i went and saw zach dyer it's like yeah like a super handsome usher told me to sit in the front row and that's part of the reason that i did it but it's like it's fair enough that i was terrified to do so because i don't want a microphone in my mouth making me say dicks
1: (laughs) no no you shouldn't have that (laughs) but also
0: there should be more people willing to take that bullet
1: yeah, maybe. You know. Yeah, actually maybe some people would have been quite grateful for the opportunity to say dicks into the mic.
0: I think more people like, than we think.
1: Yeah. 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 So I shouldn't take their spot. I shouldn't <laughs> take like, up space.
0: That's a helpful thing that I can lie to myself about fully believing. So <laughs> like, no, this spot isn't meant for me, it's meant for someone who wants to say dicks to Lisa.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Good, okay, we've all learned something. Mm. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi! Hello! <laughs> um, I went to the Spiegel tent, which, uh, you know, have you, when was the last time you spiegeled? Unspiegel. tent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never. Never? I, I don't you... think I've ever spiegel tented. Really? I don't think I have.
0: Oh, I don't know why I'm There's... being so annoyingly incredulous.
1: No, I don't know why. Maybe I haven't, I've forgotten. I feel like I was in Adelaide once and I was in a tent that sort of looked like a Spiegel tent and I saw the lovely. Uh, uh ladies from that uh cabaret you know you the know the ladies one?
0: in the cabaret it, it may have been in a tent at some point <laughs> yes yes yes, yes.
1: moira funnegan
0: oh That's i know the name sure and that was yeah. potentially in a spiegel tent
1: uh it was a spiegel like tent
0: yes okay in that it was a tent or in that it was quite spiegel it
1: was spiegel-esque oh uh, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure well in, in this i think much more real spiegel tent than <laughs> that I went to it was like mm-hmm. the one that they had set up just outside the art centre yes. yes yes so yeah if you haven't Spiegel tented it's just like this thing that travels around the world with fringe festivals and it's just like this big circular oh
1: well maybe I did though maybe that was what was happening in Adelaide I was in I was in the Adelaide version of the Spiegel tent yeah yeah
0: what do you? What did you think was happening
1: well maybe they were imitation Spiegel tents yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. copycats <laughs> copycats <laughs> well yeah maybe it's more like a, like if there's a head vampire and mm. then they vampirize other tents and make them spiegel yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah thank yeah. you for nodding as if that's Nonsense. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't know how many physically that they that there are, but I know that like they they do a lot of travelling as a tent, especially for a tent. They sure travel (laughs) a lot. Am cool. I an idiot? Yeah, really cool. Oh, well, great. But
1: well, did you enjoy yourself inside the Spiegel Tent? Fucking loved
0: it. Always yeah. love it. It's always just such a nice environment. I can I don't know if it is the same tent every time I'm inside of it, but I've been in there a number of times and it's always you just like mark
1: your name on the side just so you know I
0: should do time. some sort of test like that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, like trying to find out if Santa Claus is real by that's poisoning his food. It. We
1: can crack this. We can
0: crack this. Yeah, but it's always such like an opulent, beautiful like experience being inside of this tent that maybe you've also been inside of as well. It's like it feels so like <laughs> like old timey and circusy and stained Glassy, and it's just such a nice, warm place to be. Yeah. Um, and it's just being a circle is fun.
1: I love circles. <laughs>
0: Good, good. That's some good vague enthusiasm. Fun fact about circles. Go ahead. Actually. Yes.
1: Were you, did you sit in circles a lot when you were a child at yes. school?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, they don't do that much these days.
0: As adults? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. As, as
1: children. Oh, oh. Like, the children that I teach tend to be weirded out when I ask them to sit in a circle. They're like, what? Oh. <laughs> like, they kind of... They seem to be much more comfortable with the teacher at the front. Like, students kind of hanging around. The Socratic Looking stuff. at them. Oh, my goodness. Um... That's interesting,
0: yeah. because yes, when I taught that class of students that you normally teach, there was a strange resistance he that I couldn't understand.
1: with the circle. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: were not good at spacing themselves out. Mm-hmm. And children had the same amount of peripheral vision that they used to have.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but every time something like this comes up, I'm like, was it just a sign of school thing? Was that the only place that circles existed? I was
0: circling <laughs> constantly. <laughs> okay, good, good. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So yep. just
1: not something they do much now.
0: That's so interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll crack that one too. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah no So I went to the Spiegel tent With beautiful British Johnny Did you sit in a circle? We didn't sit in a circle We were sitting inside Of a circle But we were in a traditional Sort of like seating pattern Mm -hmm. It was kind of like Repeated semi-circles Of non-tiered seating What did you say? <laughs> very modern of me. Modern of you. Uh, <laughs> like
1: a modern child. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was It was not a very Steiner setup. <laughs> and yeah, sitting there. And yeah, I was there to see the adults only magic show. Ah. Ah, why are you making that noise with those eyes on
1: Oh no, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. In an erotic way.
1: Ooh.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we got there, sat down. Tell me more. Tell you more about magic She sexily whispered mm, Yeah
1: um, <laughs> mis- Misjudged the sexies No, no that was sexy <laughs> Yeah
0: Yeah so um, So <laughs> What well, we're first grinned with Like once everyone Like sat down We're greeted by a man Named Magnus D Magnus The D stands for danger And apparently That's his real name
1: Magnus
0: Yeah D Magnus Okay Yeah Comes out and he's just like his, It seems like his Well his job is At least at this point To like warm the crowd up And get us comfortable With like being excited For magic And the sexual comp- opponent of the show, just in terms of like, yeah, very much eliciting that sound from people. And then what he thought he also did a really marvellous job of doing was like getting the guys to be comfortable with also vocalising levels of excitement, you know, like especially if, because it was like the magicians to come were like two handsome men. But it's, like, there were, like, a bunch of, like, you know, husbands and straight boyfriends in the audience yeah. that Magnus D. Magnus very, I think, effectively gave the right for them to be excited about, which is quite nice. Like, he got, went, like went so far as being, like, get ready to sort of, like, grunt from your perineum. Like, it was <laughs> he, he really... And um, what did that sound like? I, I didn't do it, obviously. Jake. <laughs> I'm not a grunter. I'm not a participator. I'm not a hollerer. I'm not a hooter. Okay. I'm not. I'm not a dream audience member from you know at, at one of these places where people want a lot of what responses. What do you make? Know? Are you like a I Look I will will laugh If pushed towards Doing it Mm -hmm. I very much Especially like You know Obviously it's a Case by case thing But especially If I feel like The show would benefit From more vocal giggles I will be more Giving with my giggles I'll open myself up A bit more to do that But no I'm very much more of Just like a stoic Frowny looking person That's just like Observing (laughs) things Which again Don't think it's a Positive thing about myself I wish I could be More hooty sometimes (laughs) But no No The biggest thing I did recently Was I was seeing And this is a show That I'll talk about about in an episode to come but I saw a show called Joy and at the start of Joy which was by Daisy Webb it was a really wonderful stand up show and before the show began we were instructed to uh, say something that made us happy and filled us with joy <laughs> which Aww. I thought was just like a lovely warm like you talking about those tight mums and them yeah. sort of like almost accidentally and, <laughs> and singing in the rain all these things that seem to instigate this like beautiful warm sense of like things beginning just as they start and yeah Daisy suggested to us that we think of something that made us joy and then I like very sadly whispered <laughs> Dominic Weintrobe. <laughs> Super sad because I love him so much. But Aww. yes,
1: I ran into him a week ago.
0: What? Where were you when Just you ran into a, Dominic?
1: In, in Carlton. I felt joy. That's all I can say. That
0: well, makes sense. He's a he's a wonderful guy. Anyway, what was I saying? Yes. So that the, me whispering Dominic's name at the start of a one-person show, mm. that was a huge step for me. <laughs> I'm not consciously growing in that direction, oh, but I'm getting more comfortable I'm with participation. You. Thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, uh, thank you for that condescending pat on the head. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. So yeah, so Magnus got us very comfortable with not me, obviously, but everyone else got seemed to get the collective very comfortable with being a bit like loudly tipsy and a mm-hmm. bit vocally horny and enthusiastic about rabbits in hats. You know yeah. that type of thing. And then yeah, once he was done doing that, then yeah, then the magicians came out. So it was Sam Hume and Justin Williams were the were the two magicians of the. Adults only magic show. Okay, um, I don't and know these,
1: these names.
0: I did not know their names, all these people, before this show started happening to me. Um, one of them, if just to help you picture it, one of them looks like sort of like a beachy older brother, like your friend's beachy older brother that likes surfing.
1: Oh, okay. So that's
0: one of them, and the other one. Oh, well, that Yeah, right. <laughs> and then the other one is like he could be like an Orlando Bloom impersonator. Oh wow. Yeah, like if Orlando Bloom were a bit younger than he currently is and did magic. Right. <laughs>
1: So sort of like sharp cheekbones,
0: sharp cheekbones. Yep.
1: Like beautiful
0: yep. elfy face. Elfy face, like ponytailed dark hair. Mm. Um, quack quack. Yes. So that's <laughs> that's yeah. So that's them. And then yeah, then the show happens. And so it has, as I've talked about before, I, I have a, a, a difficulty in terms of like being immersed in a crowd of people that are all assumed to be quite ravenously horny. <laughs> so I of course entered back into that mode again. Um, but yeah. But yeah. otherwise, I'm
1: sucking like, all limbs in <laughs> as close to the body as possible yes we
0: wanted to give nothing away uh-huh. irrespective of my feelings <laughs> yes because it's embarrassing to have you know loins that crave things which is how I don't regret describing it <laughs> yeah that is mortifying it is do you think it's mortifying that
1: we have limbs <laughs> appendages that we,
0: that we have like, <laughs> like sexual to touch av- other appendages <laughs> oh my god humiliating yeah no oh god no I'm reading a book at the moment it was like the first like it, like debatably because you know how like foggy literary history is but like the first officially published pornography oh it's like it's like the, the the premise of it is it's like the collections of like a young like male prostitute, and it's like almost written in the style of like Marquis de Sade almost. It's just like a collection of like sexual tales oh, that wow. this like young beautiful well endowed man goes experiences like a young prostitute. Um, it's great, but I'm just like openly reading it on like the train. <laughs> And I don't know why I'm comfortable doing that, but I <laughs> but I am. I feel like I want the world to validate something about me, but I don't know what it is. Uh, anyway, that's a sidebar. <laughs> but yes,
1: I've like got a tiny sidebar just on this question of uh, genitals. Yes. Um, because uh, harking back to tight moms, loose units. Yes. Ah, uh, Lisa Lee had this uh, this moment where she referred to her vagina as a pussy. Yeah. Right? Which is like. Not that uncommon. That's pretty normal. Mm. And I've always found the uh, the word somewhat bizarre and somewhat uncomfortable. I think of a cat's face. Maybe that's what you're supposed to think of. (laughs) To me, that's not very sexy. Uh I just can't see feel the word "pussy" as being sexy personally. But then I was like, what 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 do you say in a car Like what 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 is something that that someone would say to me in in a in a sexual scenario? Like a word for a vagina that is sexy. And I was like, Mm. I don't know. don't know if I can think of one. Is that just me? Is there something wrong? Am I rejecting my own genitalia?
0: <laughs> no, I think you'd know if you were doing that. I think that'd be.
1: I mean, okay, that's some I understand. No, <laughs> 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 like just the, as a word,
0: mm. see. Yes. What
1: does that do for you?
0: Pussy. I think, uh, think homophobia has gotten to me. I assume I'm getting yelled at from a tram or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh,
1: like you're a little... little like you're a little, little pussy. A little
0: kitty cat. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, or someone that just can't kick a ball well. Oh, right. <laughs> because I'm a little pussy. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of like the, the vaginal take on things, um, I don't know. I guess I just don't really engage with them, so I don't have a strong feeling about yeah. it. But I can see why... Yeah, that that wouldn't really, like, hit you right.
1: Anyway, I just feel like we need to make a better, sexier word.
0: Yeah, because everything... It gets very aggressive very fast. Yeah, and vagina
1: is fine, but it sounds quite sort of medical. It is a bit
0: medical. Yeah. yeah. In the same
1: way that penis kind of sounds medical,
0: too. Yeah, 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 and kind of void of passion. Mm. Yep. Sure, and even pussy as well. Like, it almost feels like it's somehow related to the things that you would refer to a vagina as for a child to be able to talk about it. Like, it feels a little bit unadult.
1: It does, it does. It's sort of childlike,
0: mm. um,
1: which to me just immediately diminishes any kind of sexual power. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But maybe th- perhaps it's just the word on its own, like maybe with the right person saying it in the right context. But maybe that's a lazy thing to say. Maybe that's the case with everything. I know. I don't know. In this pornographic book that I'm reading in public, Uh they refer to, um, because of course they have to talk about like penises and vaginas so much that they have to keep coming up with different words for them and the things you do to them, which is such a fun linguistic thing to (laughs) witness, you know? And one of the memorable ones was like, he referred to a woman's vagina and sort of her pubic hair as like brown moss, which I thought was quite lovely.
1: That's quite beautiful sounding. Yeah. Yeah. You could lay your head up on it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that
0: type of imagery and a lot of yeah, yeah, um, and and being referring to it as like a like a like a lovely seat and like a some sort of mound. I just yeah, I don't know. But I, I'm of course experiencing all these things as a gay man and not a woman and sure not having a vagina, mm. so I don't know how much this matters
1: yeah. so I think you should be the one to come up with a sexy term for the vagina I absolutely think I'm the
0: last person that should be able to come up with a sexy term oh, for a vagina sure I think it's you but I don't have any, I don't have any gauge of these things I, I have no idea of the things that I'm supposed to be it's like it's too late we've
1: made you <laughs> fuck it's you now alright I'll do my best give me a
0: week and I will think, think of a hot vag phrase vag I don't know a pseudonym for the vagine yeah, I don't know oh my god no and for some reason I don't like the vaginist trigger a story I I have a friend of mine. She and her boyfriend are going to a bucks night and a bachelorette party on the same night for the married couple that they're friends with. Oh, yeah! And the women are going to like one of those like Magic Mike esque performances okay. to see like men with abs doing dance moves, mm-hmm. and then the other half are going to like a like a like a private room at a strip club. And she is a very, like, passionately monogamous person with this boyfriend whom she trusts and loves very much. Okay. um, This friend of mine. And so she was, like, I was hanging out with her the other day and she was, like, very anxiously trying to work out what happens in these back rooms, like these private rooms in strip clubs. And then my friend Sean, who's a bit older than me, and he's, like, a married person um, and has been to a number of strip clubs in his life. And he was like, oh, one of like the rowdiest ones I went to this time was we were in one of these back room. Oh, oh, no, this was at someone's house. So a stripper that came to someone's house for a Bucks night. And she, one of the tricks that she did was like putting a bunch of like snakes alive into her vagina. And then the guys would eat the snakes out of her vagina.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Which
0: I think is impressive. Confusing. How?
1: Yeah, Okay. I'm going to have to think about this for a bit.
0: The logistics pause, of it?
1: Pause the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm kidding. Don't You're pause kidding. the microphone. I all subs- of this. It'll be gold. <laughs> what,
0: what, what immediately hits you? What is intriguing to you about?
1: I'm just trying so it's kind of like So it's like hanging out? It's kind of like a string? I
0: suppose a, a, enough must be out for the guys to be able to access it without being too intrusive. Yeah,
1: true, true. Yeah. Are they tied, like, is there, like, a long... Like magician's magician's handkerchief.
0: Tied onto... it? Yes.
1: <laughs> Bring it back to the music yeah, show. Go to, the
0: show. <laughs> to the magic show. Um I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, but that's that, that on that. That
1: is fairly intimate.
0: Somewhat. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know. And I just... I, I, of course, have to do, like, the gay translation of, like, would I be enticed by those snakes? <laughs> <laughs> would you? I, if it were, like, a wang encircled by, like... <laughs> I do I, I, that's the thing, I'm struggling with the equivalent, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, if, if a handsome dancer man was like, there's a donut down there, you should <laughs> go and chomp it. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> do you picture, the, like, the, the, the penis <laughs> mm, go on. Um, right through the donut in a kind of, like, uh, sort of a, a ring?
0: In, a, in, like, a like, ring toss game yeah, kind yeah, yeah, of situation, yeah, yeah. I think. Yep, yeah, that's how I am picturing it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do we think of
0: that? I think if it were the right person, I... I I have we'd have to have the right rapport. I know that he's a stripper and I don't know how close we could have become by this point. Yeah, true. But I'd want to at least know that he was convincingly into it, that we had some sort of like giggly back and forth. Sure. Yes, yeah. it can't be our first exchange. <laughs>
1: No 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 I understand
0: that Yeah No no Yeah Because I've had enough Stripper trauma in my life To be like I don't want another story Like that Totally (laughs) So getting back to The adults only magic show uh, Yeah So of course I am accidentally becoming Like a real connoisseur Of naked magic Mm. Because I of course Quite recently saw The naked magicians In like Ringwood East Oh really It's also (laughs) a thing That recently happened to me Which I loved That was such a good time Such an interesting Stimulating strange time Um And then yeah and this yeah in many ways was very different there were some similarities like some of the tricks were similar i suppose like for all of you magic heads out there that have also seen both of these shows <laughs> like there was a little bit of overlap but of course magic's always magic so it's like always a thrill to see a lot of like those sorts of tricks where it's like pick a word at random now you pick a word at random and now somehow we've already written those words on a piece of paper hidden inside this gun boot ah! that was on the roof the entire time <laughs> those sorts of things yeah, which okay. is always like how'd they do that because i truly have no idea oh god
1: me neither But But I'd like to know if the naked musicians... I keep saying
0: musicians.
1: (laughs) Magicians, were they naked the whole time?
0: Which ones? The the, the naked magicians or the adults-only ones? The naked ones. The naked ones. In both instances, all the magicians start off in full-on suits. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: It was like, of course... Sexy and dynamic And yeah That ongoing thing Of like This crowd If I'm going to keep Comparing and contrasting These two magic Like naked magic Experiences This crowd was much More aggressive <laughs> And Oh Not to the extent That they require An ooh oh, okay. <laughs> Like there were No knives thrown oh. But there were Ah yeah There we are. <laughs> Yeah Just a little bit more Like Like one woman Did shout Show us your dick At one point <laughs> Which was like Oh
1: <laughs> She should have Been in the front row <laughs> For the comedy show I saw She
0: should <laughs> These people are Built for the front But also are they like and it's a very like if these weren't the adults only magic show and you were just shouting that at like and juliet like that. <laughs>
1: i'm also picturing one person in this joy show just saying dicks D- just whispering the dicks Quietly bring them joy dicks, yeah. to yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> dicks are capable of some wonderful I'm things i'm sure they are you're sure they are okay,
1: i know they are <laughs> I'm sorry, i was just trying I to be sweet. coy <laughs> 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 i know they are <laughs> i've seen it <laughs> i felt it <laughs> How did this become so filthy, Jake? You and I are such clean people. I know. I think
0: it's because we have, like, candles lit. We're just feeling very sensual. (laughs) Wow.
1: That sounds cool, though. It sounds awesome.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. For for them to be able to, like... Oh, and also, like, sandwiched in the middle of their big sort of, like, sexy magic extravaganza, Mm. they slotted in this segment that I thought was quite sweet, where it was, like, this video package that showed their history of, like, their friendship together, how they found each other, um, it, it, them as, like, very young people doing magic in the beginnings of their lives. Like, it was just, like, an unexpected moment of wholesomeness that was like, Aww. oh, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that That's was very lovely. something that
1: would suck me in in a magic show. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, I want to hear about the history of how they found each other, how they started working together. Mm, yeah.
0: yeah. And, yeah, I wish... And I do... I would love to get a chance to, like, talk to them about, like, the interesting trajectory. Because I would almost like to see a movie that maybe even fictionalised this adventure, going from like passionate magic boys into being like sex magic men <laughs> and like what, what's the conversation where it's like you know what
1: that's an Amazon TV series I it,
0: and, and I feel like I've already watched it <laughs> yeah um, yeah how you get from yeah doing magic to doing naked magic I just think that's a really fun story. It is fun. but I'd love to hear. <laughs> yeah, no. So I suppose yeah, all of this is to say that, yeah, I was curious about, like, do you have any instances, and you don't need to have an example for both of these if you don't want to, mm, okay. but I was curious about if you have any memorable moments of, like, you experiencing onstage sexiness or offstage nakedness.
1: Onstage sexiness or offstage nakedness? Yes.
0: You can have an answer for both or just one of them.
1: Okay. Onstage sexiness. For some reason, I'm thinking of that show you wrote, the um, "Sexy Dead Schoolboys." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know there have been moments where I've been extremely aroused in an audience, <laughs> <laughs> but nothing's springing to mind right now.
0: Okay, do you have a sense of what that moment would have been like? Like, are <laughs> there ingredients that you know lead you to a place where you do? You're sitting in an audience, being like, "Good God, this is sexy." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I have a feeling that it, it is more of a tension thing. It's more of a... Two tension? People. Yeah, like yeah. it's more it's more two people who aren't physically connecting, but there's such a strong pull between them that I'm riveted.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know that's happened at some point.
0: Hmm. Sure, and then you're just, you're just like empathically there with them, also yeah. feeling that tension. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Maybe, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I have more incidents of actually being part of that kind of sexual tension on stage hmm. that, that is extremely exciting. Sure. Oh, um, you
0: being the one on stage in yeah, that? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, but yes, offstage nakedness.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So in the show that I did recently, there was um, one uh, actor in it who uh just had quite a, a sort of a, I wouldn't say it was a quick, quick change, but it was a change um, sufficiently to, to, like, the question was whether, you know, she would go back to the change room, which was quite far away from where the stage was, or just kind of stay near where the stage is and change. Mm. Um, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't quick enough for her to actually rush it. Uh, so (laughs) it was actually kind of like, she would sort of just take her time with it. And I guess like, because we're all actors, like nobody would be watching her do it, Mm. but we'd all be aware that there's a, there was a naked person just, just near to us and like quite naked really. Mm. Uh, and I suppose that, that struck me as being, um, sort of lovely and, and, uh, I don't know, kind of natural and and beautiful that we're kind of all colleagues together sort of know that there's this naked person there, but we're not going to sexualize this person, we're not going to look at this person, mm. which is always like, that's something that happens in every change room, you know, you, some people are changing, there's naked people and, um, you know, you're not observing them, you're mm. giving them respect and averting your gaze. Um but also I it, it struck me at the time as being quite lovely that she was so trusting of us mm. that she didn't feel the need to rush the change. Yeah. Um and just kind of let herself be backstage naked changing from one outfit to another outfit. Um and that was just part of part of the show experience part of the night.
0: Mm. Yeah. God, that is super lovely. My mm. oh God, that's great. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, once I sort of like heard about, I don't know, for some reason I learned when I was like quite young about how like comfortable, especially like dancers get with each other mm. um, in terms of like backstage when they're like doing a ballet or something and they need to swap real quick into a new outfit. And there's just like so much like in the wings nudity. But there's that level, as you're describing, like that level mm. of respect between them all. Mm. And they're all, especially as well, like the way that they have to treat their bodies, especially in that art form. Like, at that point, it seems like their bodies have really transcended to this, like, different thing. And this is all just speculation. I've never been a ballet dancer. (laughs) Um, But the idea that, yeah, as you are saying, like, they have that, like, shared understanding of, like, the rules surrounding what it is that they're doing. Mm. And just have that tremendous respect for each other. And nudity itself being so beautiful, especially when it comes to its incorporation into, like, the arts. Fuck, that's nice. I just... And I also think when these sorts of things come up, sometimes it flicks to that thing of, like, I didn't realise that, like, nurses have to, like, bathe each other to train as nurses. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if every school does this, but apparently a part of nurse training is that you'll, as students, like, just get naked for each other and bathe each other to practice oh, bathing
1: someone. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. And just to, to be that close with someone that you're learning with, I just, I don't know. If there's, like, a sweet childishness to there it. There is, yeah. yeah. There's and, a kind
1: of, yeah, let me, let me help you. Yeah.
0: And, two, it's sort of, like sort of I don't know I guess in built into the idea of that behavior in terms of like and that type of care that a nurse has to provide the idea that like you as a nurse kind of have to buy into and believe that like oh I'm gonna behave professionally because there's nothing inherently pathetic or gross about this and this person that I'm bathing should have no reason to feel uncomfortable and then you're then made to play that role and then sort of like put those beliefs to the test because it's like if you can't do it what's your problem with it you're about to subject another person to it Mm -hmm. and that type of thing is always so interesting to me I think that test of integrity.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, the Adult's on Only Magic sexiness? show. On stage sexiness? Are you asking me? Yeah. On stage sexiness. For some reason, just recently on my mind when it comes to that sort of idea is like, <laughs> I saw with, uh, the Malthouse did a production of Tartuffe a few years ago. Oh yeah. Like I'd say, I think I was in high school at the time when I saw it and yeah I'd say it was like year 11 or 12 we went to like for theatre studies and Marcus Graham played Tartuffe and there was this scene where he like because obviously like Tartuffe especially in this like adaptation of it he was like essentially seducing an entire family one person at a time and there was this scene there was like this pool in the centre of the stage and he there's a scene where he as Tartuffe has done a bunch of like impressive lap swimming and then comes out and there's like this tiny little speedo and he's like seducing the mother and he's just like all like wet and glistening and confident and he's just just got like his shoulders back and I remember just thinking as like a teenager. Just like this is so hot. (laughs) Just like this depiction of like a man being so seductive while also kind of doing nothing, and then like seeing the way that this woman is looking at him, and just like the steam coming off the water and off his body, it was just like incredible. Like it was just like such an early memory of just like something being so like crazy erotic to me.
1: That's Marcus
0: Graham. Yeah, (laughs) you're into Marcus Graham.
1: Oh yeah, charmed (laughs) episode. (laughs) Was he in Season
0: Charmed? <laughs> he was in Charmed?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was in Charmed.
0: Was he just like a one-episode guy? He, he was a like, one-episode guy. Did he try to kill Piper or something? Oh, for sure, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to go digging. I have to find that. Um,
1: Yeah, no, he was a dragon. He was a dragon demon.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. But, yes, now, I thought of something sexy that I saw recently, which mm. is, like, odd because, I'm, you know, these guys are... None of them are... People that I'm particularly interested in in having any kind of sexual tension with, <laughs> um, but just watching the like the show that I was in recently, there was a lot of sword fighting, mm. um, and the the guys were all kind of in these really kind of dinky little Shakespeare outfits with mm. like little like doublets. They had like, you know, we've got the slashed sleeves and the really tight <laughs> tights. Yeah, <laughs> which again, not really a look that I'm particularly uh, drawn to, <laughs> um, but something about them, the the kind of the 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 drive and the power of the sword fighting combined with the sort of dainty little outfits. Yeah. <laughs> there was something quite quite erotic about it that I can't quite put my finger on why it had that effect on me. But I and like there was kind of cool music playing in the background and it was yeah it was a fusion moment of sexiness which was confusing. Mm. God. <laughs> because it was unexpected. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: no when it sneaks up on you yeah that's something. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... So, and I would love to just like take, take the time to unpack, like, that lasagna of things What was going on. Because <laughs> sometimes it does feel like it's just, like, an yeah. equation. sword
1: fighting, velvet. Yeah. <laughs> Tinkly little violin music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah! God! No, that's such interesting alchemy. That's really cool. Uh, okay, yeah. But, yeah, adults only magic show. It was cool of them. Like, a thing that really stuck out was, like, the playfulness of the entire thing, which I think is a, a tricky thing to accomplish, um, especially in a room full of, like, drunk horny people um, that's I don't know but if you as these guys did like if you can accomplish that that's that, that's that's fun for everybody <laughs> I think um, yeah and I think too it's like it takes a level of bravery it takes a level of confidence two things that I would love to have one day <laughs> in, in like the level that these guys obviously do um, and yeah and magic is tricky as far as I can tell I don't know how to do it <laughs> Did you ever watch that show where that magician would give away the secrets to being a magician?
1: I think I did, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember seeing that one afternoon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so often the answer was, there were twins. (laughs) (laughs) How did she get into that box? Oh, that's Michelle.
1: (laughs) That is the secret. It's just twins.
0: It's just... Oh, fuck.
1: (laughs) My (laughs) twin (laughs) climbs around and puts the paper into my pocket.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the twin is in the gumboot writing the word down.
1: <laughs> hello again jake oh hi elizabeth i'm still here hey <laughs> um so i saw a show called uh, one woman show uh, which is a one woman show <laughs>
0: oh, by yeah?
1: a performer comedian actress called liz kingsman
0: great yeah great
1: yeah. Um, I believe it did extremely well. Certainly the night that I was there, it was sold out. I think the entire last week possibly was sold out.
0: And it was at the Malthouse, wasn't it? It was, it
1: was at the Malthouse. That's a lot
0: of seats to sell.
1: Yeah, yeah, huge. Mm. Um, Extremely impressive. Mm. And I was told that you have to see this show. So I booked a ticket for the 10 p.m. show On the Wednesday night, I had to run from a rehearsal (laughs) um, and get there. Again, another show I saw by myself, which is really becoming a bit of a trend. Um, Yeah, now, Liz Kingsman, very, very funny woman.
0: Great. Have you Um, seen her before?
1: No, no, I have not even encountered her in any form before. Like, I don't think I've seen her in anything. Um, But sort of what quickly became apparent to me uh, as I was watching it was that it was, yeah, a a very well... Conceived, sharp, <laughs> and well made parody of a one woman show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so mm. she was presenting the show uh, and sort of occasionally commenting on the tropes that she was both uh, participating in, but also pointing out and making fun of, mm. I guess. And I don't, yeah, maybe that's the wrong way to say it, making fun of. But like, yeah, it was definitely laughs to be had at these tropes that have now become kind of like a canon sure. of, of the one-woman show formula. Okay. But I think that the more that I was experiencing it and the more that I thought about it and as the show progressed, it became <laughs> clearer and clearer that it was actually quite, quite a specific parody of one specific one woman show hmm. that became extremely famous. Right. Uh, yeah. Are you, have you seen Fleabag?
0: Fleabag. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the TV yeah.
1: series or the one, uh, the the sh- like the I intend, performance. No. Yeah.
0: I intend to see the like the famous recording of Phoebe Waller Bridge doing it. Mm. But no, I've only ever seen yeah the TV series. Mm. Yeah. What about you?
1: I've seen all of it. Yes. Yeah,
0: so. Have you seen it live before?
1: Not, oh
0: god, no, no <laughs> No, because was it, it was here for like a second, wasn't it? like was it?
1: I just feel like it happened Like, look, maybe, maybe before the TV show <laughs> Yeah, happened. I thought I Maybe thought, she toured to Melbourne?
0: Whether or not she came with the show But I thought there was at least a production of Fleabag at the malt house for a period really? of time Really? I think, I feel like the poster was her like turning around in the wind on a pier Oh god I
1: don't know. I don't know. I yeah. d- I, honestly that would surprise me. But maybe you're right, maybe that happened.
0: Maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm right once a month. So maybe this is the time. But yeah, yeah. Okay. So this was like a direct critique of Fleabag?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a very much a parody, yes. Okay. Uh and I would yeah, I would say critique. Okay.
0: Sure.
1: Um or a kind of a, a critique of the um it was almost like an extended critique of this this idea that was quite popular like a couple of years ago where people were talking about the cool girl when um gone girl came out yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the idea of this this woman who's sort of like you know uh, somehow unwomanly you know she's a bit like a bloke <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but she's also very much a woman yeah yeah right <laughs> you know she's cool she doesn't care she's messy she's unkempt she's kind of like uh you know she's wild but also she's she's funny, like all this mm. kind of, she's wry. She's, she's happy to, to, to wryly comment about her life, you know. Mm-hmm. She, she both is feminine but also makes fun of femininity. Like right. this is kind of, um, it, see, it seemed like that's sort of what Liz Kin, Kingsman was pushing against or critiquing Fleabag for or critiquing that, that mode of, of, of uh, so th- something that she seemed to imply was quite trendy. Mm-hmm. That it was somehow it somehow has become trendy for women to be presented as unlikable characters, huh. or unlikable in quotation marks. You know, sure, in a way that
0: they're like quite quite flawed.
1: Yeah, yeah, like deeply flawed yeah. and kind of disgusting, but also still kind of cute uh-huh. <laughs> and kind of quirky. Um, yeah. Sure, and
0: and, and was there a explicit type of way, or is something that you could infer in terms of like? Did, was it? I don't know. Somewhat clear as to why Liz believes it to be a negative thing that these characters are becoming so trendy. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that I, it seems to be that there was a sense from her that, that somehow it's it's encouraging uh, the idea that you kind of like you kind of need to perform your own mess.
0: <laughs> sure. That
1: it's it's like it's kind of become a bit affected to To present yourself as as being uh, unfinished and hmm. somewhat falling apart, right? You know? um, but you not too much though, not too much because that's unattractive, right? So also
0: be pretty and be <laughs> yeah. self aware of your self destruction. Yeah,
1: yeah, and definitely be presenting it and. Um, Almost to gain acclaim, you know, like it's... Whoa, it's such a radical thing. It's such a radical thing to be a woman and not be perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is this in a critique of it being specifically in a performance context? Or, like, she thinks that maybe this influence could be a toxifying element in, like, general society?
1: I think it's both. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's how I read it from from seeing the show. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, I suppose the the idea that this is somehow, like... Uh, a commodity that's quite valuable now you know the 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 woman <laughs> the kind of shadow woman
0: <laughs> sure yeah, yeah, yeah well people do speak yeah. so often and openly at least in conversations i keep finding myself in people talking about like the advent of fleabag being so critically acclaimed has begot such a swath of so many people doing their own sort of like impersonation almost of that style of storytelling uh, their own, like, personal version of that character and the many foibles that you're, yeah, that you're, you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, de- it really does seem like that was a real point at which art was at least temporarily forever changed. Mm. <laughs> Sorry to say such a weak sentence. But it, it seemed like, yeah, it, it so immediately did birth so many, so much art just like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, yeah. you know, that is actually true. I would say from my own experience, just like here in Melbourne, seeing quite a few one woman shows that follow a similar formula mm. um, and have that similar sort of confessional style. Yeah. Uh, and I, I haven't noted it and kind of thought, oh yeah, sure. That's a moment. <laughs> right. That's a moment in our theatrical history that's happening. Yeah. That we will sort of remember this, this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting to see that uh, that she kept it up pretty, pretty much like the whole way through. It continued to be a very funny and uh, pointed, almost yeah, comedic takedown mm. of of Fleabag um, and of the copycats, the right. Fleabag copycats that, okay. that, that maybe have sprung up. Um, since. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I again I did really enjoy the show. And I actually I do think she's an incredible performer. Yeah. Um, so comedically gifted and just like hit everything perfectly. I could not fault her delivery on anything. Mm. Um not that I was trying, but like <laughs> um she she was also had this incredible again, I'm talking about this kind of like relaxed body slitheriness to her. Yeah. That she was like she she seemed appeared to be tr- trying so little it was so natural she mm. did so little on stage and yet it was enormously effective right um, which i i just loved and I, I yeah i did really really like the show but i i i came out of it sort of feeling a little bit like what what do you, what do you do with a parody that is so specific and when, <laughs> is it possible to be mean to something that is so successful? And is it, is it, is it justified? Is it a justified takedown? Hmm. I wasn't sure. Uh, obviously, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is <laughs> doing fantastically by herself. There's yes. no, like, you know, there's no harm that can touch her at this point in time hmm. uh, in terms of her career, hmm. like, in terms of her success. Um yeah, so that was just a question that I had. I was kind of like, you know, she's definitely she's definitely punching up. Yeah, right. Um, in this this performance,
0: and by all um, those metrics you just listed, like she's someone that's absolutely like on the table in terms of oh yeah something to criticize. In in the same way that you're saying that that it is punching up, like, oh yeah, for you sure. just the thing the way that you just described her, yeah. renders her someone that is up for grabs in terms of critique very fairly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, there was some something about it that just kind of made me feel like, is it, is it a just, is it, what is good about this? I mean, it was, it was funny because hmm. it, you know, it, it was so well done. Uh, but was it, was it nasty in a way that was unnecessary?
0: Sure. Okay. That's a funny question. again,
1: yeah, like I actually honestly don't have an answer to this. this yeah, was yeah, just yeah. something that occurred to me afterwards. And I was kind of like, are we, it, Keeping up, like, it seems like there's only so far you can go with a, with a parody. And this, speaking as someone who does a lot, like, writes a lot of satire. Like, yeah. I, it, it, it made me question my own um, uh, writing and how, when something tips over into being mean and hmm. whether it is justified, like, whether it's always justified, like, how bad, how bad do you have to be? Do you have to be Scott Morrison for it to be justified, you know? Mm. Like, I I don't know. It was just interesting. And also what the... Whether whether it was useful to critique uh, someone who was presenting something that was fairly unique at the time Mm -hmm. uh, and...
0: And resonated with so many people. Yeah, and really did
1: resonate with a lot of people. And I think, you know, the... The idea of performing any part of yourself is is pretty unpleasant to think about. You yeah. Know? Having having the idea that, okay, well, this is the kind of acceptable woman that we... This is the kind of woman that we venerate now, that we uh, mm. applaud. Um, a woman who is uh, sassy and, and funny but dark and troubled and, mm. and kind of disgusting and willing to like wade into the more um, viscous substances of life. Mm. Um yeah, the idea that you have to be that is, of course, not what you want. You want to be... But, it, but isn't it part of the puzzle? Isn't it part of the beautiful tapestry that is womanhood?
0: <laughs> right. Uh,
1: right. And is, is it useful to, to critique that? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, look, you know what? It's probably useful to critique anything that sure. becomes so popular mm. and so widespread
0: yeah because it must be telling us something yeah. true about so many people at once
1: yeah, yeah yeah but it's all like but also you know yeah yeah it's like when it becomes the the default I guess it opens itself up to being criticised
0: yeah well I'd say yeah you're certainly right in saying that like it's worth sort of like criticising for even just for the sense of like almost as a thought experiment anytime that you find yourself sort of like this, super obsessed with something or super into something and whether or not you're part of some great mass of people like you should absolutely be interrogating why it is it resonates with you specifically um, yeah I'd say that's a, an important thing to do and if, if it's theatre that makes us do that like so often I don't know like <laughs> I feel like I'm in year 11 but like look at Brecht like it's it, mm. it, you know those things that wake you up to actually make you interrogate why it is you're thinking the things that you're thinking theatre being so famously capable of helping you do that yeah Um. yeah I'd say that's something it's, and it's it yeah it's like interesting oh, the idea of like the type of personality that becomes commodifiable. Like I'd say even outside of it's like you being a woman have so much more valid things to say and interesting things to say about this, but it's like whether or not it's like a style of woman that it becomes lucrative to be or to claim to be or to perform to be. And the way that that does trickle down into people living their lives. And especially mm. when it gets into things like social media and that type of performance for, for strangers on the internet, um, the way that it, it, it does influence culture in a potentially perilous way if the wrong thing gets endorsed. Um, Yeah, that stuff is so interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely like such a worthwhile night at the theatre for me. I found that a lot of questions came up but also just a great show, you know. And it was Mm. nice. She also sort of had a moment towards the end where she acknowledged that she was. (laughs) She was a woman doing a one-woman show (laughs) Mm. that is, even in parody, touching upon all the points (laughs) that (laughs) are popular. (laughs) And (laughs) that she's kind of Created this show that has has become extremely successful in its own right, mm. um, and the complicated feelings around that, yeah, and that she's somehow she has benefited off the back of this, yeah, <laughs> this popularity God. simultaneously. That is
0: so fascinating. For like mm. two immediate reasons that it's fascinating come to come to mind. One of them being like so interesting for the Malt House to want to stage this, mm. and what does it say about so many things in terms of, like, why has a show about a woman criticising another woman's storytelling been catapulted so high? Like, that in in itself is so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Really? Yeah. And, and yeah, I'd like to believe that it's certainly for, like, very positive, forward-thinking, progressive reasons. Um... Uh, all those cogs have turned in that way, and then I suppose too, like there's also like the 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 looking forward idea of like with the popularity of this piece and how many people have loved it so much. Like if this gets the flea bag treatment, like what does that then turn into in terms <laughs> yes. of like if we've seen all these copycat flea bags, like what does a copycat one woman show look like? Like do we have a bunch of like yeah. women getting on stage being, as you say, potentially just like mean for meanness's sake, mm. and it's that. As caustic, as damaging, more so, less so. Like, what is the influence of that artistically?
1: I don't know. I just, I don't know how damaging it would be or, or whether it even is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, even like, what is its capacity for damage? Mm. I don't know. But even, and I'm also just like interested in the thing that you briefly said of like the value of meanness and uh, <laughs> I'm certainly one to like really enjoy witnessing it. Like I was talking <laughs> to, talking to my friend Ryan, talking about how Veep, somehow like a Julia Louis-Dreyfus show is somehow a constantly comforting experience despite them being so awful to each other. It's in some way it it mirrors the voice of our subconsciouses a bit in the way that it's like my, a lot of my subconscious especially when talking to myself is so much like the way they talk in that show of just like you fucking fucking fuck fuck like you (laughs) stupid fuck. It's like that's so much (laughs) of my brain so much of the time and it's like (laughs) and if there's anything even if it's as simple as something being cathartic or an element of pathos or something to be able to watch someone get on stage and be quite brutal with things that we consider to be quite sacred mm. like, I think that's always just so entrancing to see things that you think are untouchable get so rigorously manhandled and like smashed on the floor like I think that's just such an enticing human experience
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that worrying I don't
0: know I think it's just human <laughs> I think
1: <laughs> maybe it just is maybe we need we need that yeah we need that sort of astringent quality
0: I think and, and may, may, maybe it's an evolution of what was so appealing about Fleabag in the first place. Like, like maybe there was, like, a real appetite to see someone be kind of, like, I don't know, like, articulate and disgusting and mm. sexual and beautiful. Like, maybe that was somehow lacking in, in what we were all ingesting at the time.
1: Yeah, Because,
0: yeah. I don't know, because there have been, like, sort of similar ways of these things. Like, there was an element of that present, maybe, like, maybe, like, a much more toned-down version in, like, the Ally McBeal time period yes yeah maybe there's something rippling through like Desperate Housewives like maybe mm, there is Bridget something, Jones I Bridget, think yeah like, put that in there yes like maybe there is maybe outside of Fleabag it's, like, maybe that is just one of the waves of this trend that keeps coming and like yeah. bobbing beneath the surface and coming back again but
1: maybe like the worry is that it becomes this this archetype of the flawed woman
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> as
1: opposed to just allowing <laughs> women <laughs> people <laughs> to exist in the space where they are flawed <laughs> yeah right yeah um but isn't that just capitalism? I don't know.
0: So much of it is just <laughs> capitalism. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No. But yeah, if we were in a town of like 150 people and there were just like two can or we three. Go to this
1: town? I, I want to go to God, this God. Doesn't it
0: sound nice? And then, yeah, they'd just be like yeah. those three, like, I don't yeah, know, sex hungry. parodies
1: of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: And then they can like, talk about it afterwards. And it's like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole theatrical conversation. Yeah, no. no. And it's also, it's like, even like listening to you describe this show, like it's just so nice that there is like a piece of theatre happening out there that is very, very popular and like, like critically acclaimed that is like, yeah mean and angry and articulate and surprising and all these things and it's uh, even just like in this conversation it sounds dangerous Mm. like the show itself and it's like that's just so exciting yeah especially because like the stakes of it seem like a thing that i I don't think it's going to incite a genocide (laughs) (laughs) you know that type of danger that it's like it's almost like this could be like a fun thing to watch especially like artistic people i suppose us all having to digest it is going to do some really interesting stuff like it might poison the right things
1: yeah yeah well, fingers crossed.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah. God, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you so much for having me back.
0: My God, anytime.
1: I love chatting with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, um, great. Well, yeah, so I don't know. Oh so- I forgot
1: to do praises! Oh God! Praise Dionysus! Praise, Praise him! him.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no, thank thank you for being a wonderful co-host for for one of the episodes of Jake and Jamesy's Chuckle Fest for the <laughs> Melbourne International Comedy Festival. You're most welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, please come back soon, and yeah, can't wait to see. Because which which of the roles is the first to happen next? Is it Crucible? It's or is
1: Crucible. Crucible, great. Lizzie Prock.
0: Lizzie Prock, <laughs> and where is it happening? Is it going to be in the gardens? Ah,
1: uh, the Athenaeum Theatre actually. Oh, incredible! Yeah.
0: Oh, great. When does it open?
1: Mid to early June. June. Mid- okay. June. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay
0: good well yeah that's i can't wait to see it it'll be so amazing <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> witches
1: <laughs> 16th century <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, well what is this production where are they setting it in this
1: uh, i think they're working that out
0: oh they haven't decided yet
1: i, well, I assume it'll be the, the original time frame yeah
0: yeah yeah it won't Although, be, like, business accents. casual. Accent. Oh Watch
1: this space.
0: <laughs> because they haven't decided yet or because you <laughs> refuse to learn a particular accent?
1: <laughs> um, no, so apparently, and again, uh, like, I'm not 100% sure about this, but um, Arthur Miller really wanted them to kind of, he wanted to create a new accent for The Crucible. Oh, my God. Yeah, and often it's just performed with sort of standard American, um, but he really saw it as being much closer to kind of like a Welsh or like a like an Irish or like a like a regional um, kind of almost like a brogue like
0: a highlands yeah yeah oh. he
1: wanted like in the way that the the rhythms of the show the rhythms of the writing um kind of point at this kind like the like sometimes things that would have two syllables have three syllables or uh-huh. that he wanted it to be delivered in a musical lyrical way oh so that might be happening <laughs>
0: Thank you again for being here. I can't wait to see you (laughs) in Salem. It'll be so great.
1: (laughs) Sabrina's cat. (laughs) And on that note,
0: (laughs) (laughs) on the note of you being inside of a cat, (laughs) let's close this one out. As usual, we may already disagree with everything we just said. Oh, for sure. For sure. And friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. Stop them. Truly stop them.